Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. So today we're talking about energy, hypothyroidism, terrible periods, and what to do about it. Because in this episode, I'm really excited. I'm going to be sharing with you this kind of new mini series where we actually, I'm recording this with a client and we're going to be going through the process that I would take a client through. So you're going to get a snapshot of what does a personalized approach to this mean? What does it actually look like? You'll be able to glean bits of information that work for you. How does it work? What's going to be helpful? And you can actually watch and join me and my client, Jess, through this process of transformation. It's going to be awesome. It's also going to be fun because, spoiler alert, Jess is also my sister. So there's there's some going to be some quality bants <laughs> as we go through this process. Because to be honest, there's, I have asked clients before and there's not, not everyone wants to come on my podcast and talk about their poop and their periods and let me share all about their health history. But my sister is similar to me and she's all, she's up for a bit of TMI. So thank you, Jess. So if you are struggling with your energy, with wonky periods, any of that stuff, this series is going to be awesome. And today is session one and we're really going to be looking at, we're going to go through some test results that we have for it, explain what that means. And this is really looking about, okay, where do we begin? There's all these symptoms, all these test results, all this stuff going on. What do we want her to do? Where is she going to begin with that? What do we think is going on? What do we think are some of the root causes? And that's a really important one. So that is what we're doing. And I'm really, I'm really excited for this series. It's going to be fun for you to kind of see. I think there's so much, well, I, I know how I work as a holistic nutritionist and nutritional therapist is really different to other people. Like I really I do have that holistic approach. I also don't just do like have a session with me and everything. No, no, no. Like it's a whole program. It's a whole series of support. And that's why my clients see such amazing results. Like literally yesterday I was laughing. I was holding one of my, um, one of my girls and I use Voxer to like just connect with my clients because it's a really easy way they can send me note, notes, voice notes, pictures, whatever. And so I was listening to a Voxer from a client who was Voxering me as she was going outside for a walk in the morning, which I told her to do because with this client's sleep was a massive issue. So um, getting sunlight in her eyes first thing in the morning is a great way to reset her circadian rhythm. Anyway, so she's giving me an update as she was walking around the park in the morning and she was just telling me that how much her sleep had utterly transformed, which obviously was a huge part of our plan together and her relationship with food and her relationship with binging and thinking about food and obsessing about food had just totally shifted. And honestly, I was so excited for her. And there's just so much power in this, like, real person approach. Like, I call it a holistic approach, but it's treating my clients as whole real people with lives. You know, like, with this client, she'd just been through a lot of um, change in her life, for want of a better phrase, this last year, a lot of upheaval, a lot of trauma. And so, you know, that had to be incorporated into her program. It wasn't like she it needed to be realistic for her. Another client I have at the moment works as cabin crew. So she literally is flying across time zones and across the world on a regular basis, is inside a plane, which is a pretty toxic environment on a regular basis and has done that for years. So again, 
we we have to like work around that make that work it has to be realistic you know her circadian rhythm is all going to be all over the place so we need to make this work for her so she can see the results that she wants to see so um that's kind of our insight to share with you this process because you know I share with you the wins here on the podcast of the, the successes that my clients are seeing and how they're feeling good finally for the first time in years some of the time you know whether it's their relationship with food or whether it's with their weight or whether it's with their sleep you know with this client that I was saying just boxed me like she hasn't slept well for years <laughs> years and years and can like just not having I have, I don't know if I've mentioned it. I have three kids under three. You might not, you might not know. Um, I joke because I always mention it. Um, That, you know, I, having tasted, you know, those early days of having newborns, you know, a lot of sleep deprivation. I've actually never struggled with um, insomnia much before, but just having like sleep deprivation from having young kids, I know how much that shifts my mood, my mental health, what I want to eat. Like if I'm sleep deprived, I just want like cake. Like, and and so many of the clients I work with, if sleep's a problem for them, like they beat themselves up about not eating, quote unquote, well, but like they're getting terrible sleep. Anyway, so I'm excited about this. I'm so proud of my clients. If you're a client, listen to this. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Well done. I also, as part of this series, actually, I'm going to be recording another episode with another client. Now, we're just going to be doing one at the end of our program together. Um, but I also think that will be really helpful um, as well. So yay, this is fun. So those are some client wins. Other stuff going on is that I, uh, my saga of trying to get a new office built is still ongoing, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping there'll be some progress with that by the end of 2021. We'll see. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, I, I, honestly, if you ask me what's happening in my life, there's not all, all that much. Um, Oh, I'm having an, my birth chart read next week. I'm very excited about that. I'll let you know all about it. Also, I'm, more, I'm into all personal development things. It's like a side hobby. Um, also, I recently discovered, I used to think I was an Enneagram 3. I'm not. I'm an Enneagram 8. There we go. So if you know what that is, care about what that is, there you are. There's, there's my biggest life update. <laughs> anyway, let's dive into today's show. So I'm guessing... If you listen to this podcast, you probably would like more energy, a flatter belly, you'd like to improve your digestion, deal with those wonky, uncomfortable hormones, maybe support your skin, improve your mood and mental health, and really start to feel better. I'm guessing. That must be why you're listening to the podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I want to let you know that the to- the stuff I talk about here on the podcast is what I talk to my clients about all the time. As a holistic nutritionist, my job is to help you and create a really personalized approach so that you can see results so much quicker. Because chances are you're probably trying, like you're trying to make those dietary changes. You've maybe bought some supplements, you've made a couple of shifts, and maybe you've seen a bit of progress. But if you're feeling really stuck and frustrated and like you've no idea why you're not feeling better, why isn't your belly flat? Why are you bloated? Why are your bowels just embarrassing? Why is your skin a mess? Why is your hormones just all over the place? Why are you so much more anxious than you were? Like, you know, what is really going on? Because chances are you probably are putting more effort into your health than, you know, Mr. Joe Bloggs or, you know, Bob down the street, but you're not feeling the results and maybe you're actually feeling worse. 
that's the case, then I would love to work with you. I always have space for some new clients each and every month. And I would love to work with you over my three or four month program where we create a really personalized and bespoke plan. And look, I have worked with thousands of clients. I'm a holistic nutritionist. This is what I'm trained to do. I studied a long time. I've had a lot of clinical hours in this profession. And I know I'm super confident that I could help you. And if not, I could probably refer you on to someone who could. So if you're looking to make change, if you're just not wanting to just do like 15 quote unquote healthy things, but really learn about your body and know what are the simple and strategic things that you can do to see results, to get more energy, better digestion, better hormones and skin in the next couple of weeks, then I'd love to chat with you on the phone. So if you want to find out more, if you're on the fence, if you want to find out what this program looks like, then go to keziahall.com forward slash book. That's just a book in a Zoom call. These are totally chilled, in formal, like zero stress calls where we just talk over Zoom. I'll ask you a couple of questions and I just find out what's going on with your health and we can chat about what tests might be helpful, what your program might look like. And you can get a good idea of if working with me is the right fit for you. It's no like crazy sales technique, just like a nice chilled chat. You can bring a cup of tea if you want. So if you're interested in working with me, I can only take on a limited number of clients at a time, but I do have space right now head to keziahall.com forward slash wait. Also, if finance is an issue, know that I offer four and six month payment plans as well. So this makes it a much more affordable monthly um, kind of rate to work together. Um, so if you are interested, head to keziahall.com forward slash book, book in your call. We'll chat through all your questions, drink a cup of tea and the calls themselves. It's a bit like the podcast apart from, you know, you can answer back. <laughs> which is helpful. I know that booking a call with some random person on the internet can feel a bit weird. So honestly, it's just a wee chat. It'll be great. Um, book your call and we can chat about working together and we could start working with each other within the next couple of weeks. We could run some labs. We could find out what's happening in your body and you could finally feel so clear and so calm and peaceful, really knowing that your health is going to change, that the effort you put in is going to yield a results because that's just happened. What that's just what happens when you work with me. Okay. So if you're interested, kezyahall.com forward slash book and we can speak soon. So I'm excited about this episode because I, this is going to be the start of a mini series of something a little bit different. I basically wanted to give you, um, show you like an example of what this whole process of transforming your health can actually look like. So this is actually going to be a bit of a live session like I would do with a client. Um, and this one is the first one that we're doing. And specifically what we're looking at here with Jess, who I'll explain who she is in a minute, is we're really looking at energy. We're looking at her hormones and her periods. She has hypothyroidism. Um, she actually has a real um, pretty decent diet, like baseline whole foods, gluten-free, dairy-free, diet, you know, not too high sugar, not too high alcohol, um, probably uh, healthier than your average British diet. And the reason I want to share this conversation with you is that because I see this all the time. People are coming to me and they're actually probably healthier than 
a lot of people that they know, but their actual health is getting worse. And this is totally the case with Jess. Um, despite having this healthy baseline, despite knowing she has thyroid disease, hypothyroidism and being on the correct medication, despite exercising, eating well, her energy has plummeted. Her immune system has gotten worse in terms of infections, colds, those kind of things. And her periods have just suddenly, after years and years of them being like clockwork, suddenly just become a disaster. So I wanted, to, we're going to be doing a series of these as we kind of, as I work with her through this process and give certain actions and run certain tests and basically show you what, what does it look like? Like what is that personalized approach? Why is it important? Why does it matter? And today is that kind of introductory session. So from my perspective, I'm really gathering data. Also like uh, we are recording this knowing it's for the podcast, specifically for the podcast. So I also do some teaching in that. So it's kind of like trying to show you what it's like to work with me, but it's also not exactly the same because I know I'm doing it for a podcast. So I'm explaining things like as I go along. Also, when I'm working with clients, I spend way longer. <laughs> like this is a quick 40 minute set, uh, conversation I had with Jess and I would normally spend nearly 92 hours often doing this. So it's a little bit different, but I'm, I think it will be really helpful for you. Also, Jess is my sister, as you will hear. So again, the dy dynamics is slightly different. You know, if I'm working with my sister, who I've known my entire life, and we used to um, do Tina Turner dance shows in our living room growing up together. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. Simply the best. Ding. That was that was a favorite one. Anyway, side note. Um, so she's my sister, and that's why um, she's uh, kind of happy to <laughs> talk about some of this stuff about her poop and her periods all on the interwebs with me. So again, it's to give you a bit of a taste. It's not exactly like how it it would be. Also, I have she's my sister, so I already have a <laughs> lot of insider information. <laughs> with it anyway but I do think this will be a really helpful series because actually the stuff that she's dealing with uh low energy um period um like varying uh weight and body composition you know that kind of goes up and down quite a lot despite um we didn't touch about that on that much in this session but we will in the next one probably like her actual um like body composition I was gonna say weight but ugh, weight I mean weight doesn't really mean anything but that does actually shift quite a lot even when her other like her eating actually doesn't change also in the last couple of years she's become much more allergic to stuff than she has before and anyway all of this stuff so I think this will be a really interesting process for you to go along with so that you can a understand more of how what it's like to work with me and why it's really different and it's often not what people expect and also why having that personalized approach makes the world of difference especially for people like Jess and maybe you listening you probably have a decent baseline lifestyle and like you're probably like I said you're probably healthier than most people around you and that is all the more reason and why this personalized approach is way more powerful so this is the first session this is data gathering from my perspective I don't go into two in-depth actions for the person to take because what I actually go and do is a whole bunch of research and then in the next session that we record together I'll share with you and with Jess the kind of program and plan that we have um, I also go through a little bit of, of some of the test results that we've done on here and um, yeah so some key information for you to know is um, Jess 
her main goals in coming to me are her energy. Also, kind of secondary goal would be her kind of periods and hormones and really setting herself up. Um, she's in her late 30s and so she's aware she doesn't want to head into menopause with terrible periods. Um, she is a she, so she's female, um, has had three pregnancies and three children, um, is relatively active, already eats a gluten-free and dairy-free diet, um, has... I suppose her weight has gone up and down at various various times. She's recently become allergic the last couple of years to dog hair and hay fever, and that's never been an issue for, for her before, um, and has been anemic since, I think, I don't know, since I can remember, since she was like 12, 13, whatever. Um, so she's always struggled um, with anemia, and after her first pregnancy, that was when she was diagnosed as hypothyroid. She also had um, preeclampsia with that first pregnancy. Um... And so that, yeah, that's a little snapshot of her medical information. So you kind of know where she is coming from. Um, and, and she looks a bit like me because <laughs> she's my sister. Uh, I think, I was going to say, I think she's 37. I'm 33. So yeah, 36, 37. Sorry, Jess. Anyway, let's get on and find us. Hi, welcome. Uh Hi, thanks Hi. for having me. You're welcome. I'll talk to you about your poo and periods anytime. Um, so as the, the good listeners of the podcast have already had a bit of an intro to you in terms of your health history and what we're doing. So what how we are going to be setting this up is basically kind of recording what would be like a snapshot of a like a first session I would have with a client. So I've actually already gone through and shared a little bit with you here about Jess's, a little bit of history. Um, obviously, I'm not sharing all the information because oh, thank you very much time for that. And <laughs> just, you know, I find it interesting, but to be honest, you might not find it that interesting. Um, so what we're going to do is today's the first goal is really um, the first session I do with the client is always about trying to just gather data. It's data collection to look at health history because someone's history is really important. Of Like, how does your immune system how does your microbiome, how is how have you gotten to this point where you're at now? Because most of the time when I'm working with clients, they've come to me because of something. Like, as we'll talk about with Jess, you know, there's something happening that we want to work on and we want to see change. And so you've got to look back in order to look forward. What has led to this point is important. Also, you've got to look at where we're at right now, like really detailed information of your actual symptoms, what's going on. So that's going to be the main focus of today's um, kind of session and podcast. And then we're also going to look into, okay, what are the first steps of action that are going to help uh, Jess, help you to actually feel good. So just give us a little bit of, if like I was, you're going to be your fairy sister godmother and just be like, da, da, da. one thing could... Yeah. You are, you are my fairy sister godmother. Hashtag True. blessed. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Um, but if, if like if you could only see one thing change in yeah. terms of how you feel what would that be in the next couple of months oh one well I think my main priority would probably be energy okay yeah so energy levels they are better than they have been but they're still not great and anyone okay. who struggles with energy levels will realize if your energy levels are low you can't be asked to do anything yeah so that's true. that would be my top Pop. Yeah. Top of the pop. Energy affects everything. I think mm. having low energy is actually very, it's a bit like pain. 
I mean, it's not like pain, but it, in terms of how it affects everything in your life, it's very annoying. Um, and so with your energy levels, if 10 out of 10 was awesome energy, you're like, woo, woo, yeah, ready. And like zero out of 10 was like worst energy ever. Where would you roughly rate your energy levels right now? I think for me, I'm a little bit of like a high functioning, low energy Tired person. person. <laughs> Because, yes. Um, <laughs> so I think for me, I feel about I'm a, maybe a six, a five or a six. Um, okay. But I'm self-aware enough to realize that some of that is just my pure willpower, which, yes. you know, is like if I yes. decided I'm going to do something, I, I do it. Oh, it's my personality type, which is extremely different from yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so sometimes I find it hard particularly with energy levels to really put a number on it for that reason but yeah I think about five or six okay yes it is hard to put a number on it and that is why it's it's helpful to be to add some sort of quantitative measurement so you can track it but energy mm-hmm. is it's very broad also if you're a woman as well your energy will change throughout your cycle um, and also on depending on personality type you can have low energy, but still get lots done just because you push through. Or you can be someone pers- mm. based on personality type. You have high actual energy, but your personality type is you still don't get much done because it's like you're not wired to take action. So from knowing you, I would reckon your energy levels could be absolutely shocking, but you'd still push through. <laughs> so you, you saying you're a five and a six, I would probably guess your actual energy is much lower, but you're just so like... I'm laughing because the truth hurts. Yeah, I was going to say, I just know this about you. So I would actually, in my head, probably think your energy is lower, but you just are going to keep going until literally you fall down on your face and can't go anymore. So I'd love to deny it, but that's uh, absolutely 100% spot on true. Yes, this isn't my deep uh, nutritionist intuition here, guys. This is just... This is where the roles a... overlap a little bit and a bit yeah. of sisterly knowledge is given her a little bit. Just of that that's why I come to you, see, because you know all the things. I know all the things about yes. certain things. Um, okay, great. So energy is the main thing. Right. Now, when we look at your questionnaire that you filled in, the kind of client questionnaire that I always get people to do, mm. um, let's go through. We're going to start with some of your symptoms. So when I'm working with clients, I break things down into different areas, digestion, hormones, energy, mood, relationship with food, detox, these kind of things, um, mm. which you don't actually need to know about at all. It's just helping people know this is how I kind of organize information and figure out okay what are root causes going on here so let's start first with your digestion because in your questionnaire you mentioned a couple of digestive symptoms which be primarily bloating so how often do you get bloated every day Uh, rarely what's that like for you um probably definitely not every day I'm quite lucky like that my again my concern is because I'm fairly high functioning is that I just power through a lot of things um so I think it's probably a weekly occurrence and generally it's related to dairy yeah this is that is just my own guesswork going on there but generally it's dairy related and generally I'll be totally honest it's chocolate related um (laughs) yeah like like milk chocolate like like milk milk. chocolate related yeah yeah. um I'm not talking the hardcore proper stuff so yeah that makes sense okay 
Um, and on your questionnaire, you would, we already talked about poo. So you basically poo every day, generally speaking. That's a yes, a, I do pretty much can set my clock by it. Unless, great. unless actually, it's the like three or four days before um, I'm due my period. Yeah. And then it can be, then it can disappear and I not know where it's gone. So, uh, okay. which I've always thought is a bit odd. Oh, right. You get a bit constipated before your period. Mm. But, um, okay. yeah. Very strange. Well, kind of yes and no, because you get your, um, with the hormonal changes, it does uh, can affect your bowels, especially. It's why sometimes mm. we'll get really loose stools on their periods because you've got an increase of a type of prostaglandin that can. Uh, oh. Oh, that happens to me as well. That can happen yeah. to me. Yeah, happens to most people. Yeah. Yeah, your, your poo would be slightly, like it shouldn't be full-blown diarrhea, but there might be a slighter looseness to your poo mm. when you're actually on the bleeding part of your cycle, your period, because of you've got that prostaglandin activity to help contract your uterus to shed the blood. And that obviously, your uterus is quite close to your bowel. It can affect that. Anyway. Yeah, makes side note. sense. There you go. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Oh, we um, love a bit. We love a bit of poo chat. It's fine. I do. That's, that's why I'm here, because that's All why about I'm the poop, here. About the poop. <laughs> um, okay, so that's your digest. Do you get any reflux, heartburn, anything like that? Uh, no, I'm quite looking like that. Unless, <laughs> as you said, I had a stinking cold the other week, and Kess was like, "You need to swallow garlic," and I was like, "Oh, I yes." I can't swallow garlic. I get it repeats on me for days yes. on end. Garlic okay. and onions do that. Yeah. Specifically. Um, and raw, you have raw garlic, oh. raw onions. Yeah. Not, not nice. <laughs> um, and you have been anemic in the past. Yes. Do you still take oh. iron? And you take iron regularly, don't you? Yeah. Basically, I have probably been anemic on and off since I was 12. 16? Oh, 12. Yeah. No, yeah, 12 or 13. So, okay. yeah, ridiculous, basically. Okay. But, and as I've got older, I've just got better at noticing signs and taking yeah, action. Even on top of it. Okay, no, that's helpful because often I ask that often, I'm asking questions about digestion. Um, and often, actually, anemia is very much linked with your stomach acid and your, um, and sometimes your actual chemical digestion in in terms mm. of being able to absorb the iron that you're eating because you are a meat eater you will be eating foods that contain iron so mm. that you've got to, there's always a reason like why are you not you to, like me and you could maybe eat similar diets and I wouldn't be anemic and you would be anemic so we've got to look yeah. at why is that especially as it's gone on chronically and it also will impact your b12 levels which when we come to look at your test results we know are low so low anemia often means low b12 low b12 is going to massively impact your energy, your mental stability, your DNA replication, blah, 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 blah. All of the things. So all the things. All the things. Um, also, uh, let's talk a little bit about hormones. So specifically mm. your menstrual cycle. So tell me, you've got a couple of things come up in your questionnaire around there about heavy periods. Um, you mentioned a little bit about the irregularity of your periods. Mm. So give me First of all, tell me how long roughly is your total cycle or your last few cycles? Let's start there. Um, so my cycles are about 28 days. Um, but historically speaking, they, I could time my cycle down to 27 and a half days. Yes. Oh, yes. They were super regular. 
Yeah. Super, super regular. And that's up until the last, I want to say two years. Yeah, last definitely the last year. And my last two was a 28-day cycle with a five-day bleed, but which was greatly celebrated in my household because previous to that, I was having a basically a 10 days on, 10 days off cycle for about three months. Yeah. So, but for the timings, it was still um, 28 days. Like the period would start 28 days from the first day of my last period, but it would just last forever. Okay. Yes. So you would have like 10 days of bleeding. Then 20 days later, you would start your 10 day, like you just bleed for much longer. Is that right? It must have been a shorter cycle. Yeah, no, it must have been a shorter cycle because it was definitely like 10, 11, 12 days on, 10 off. Yeah. And that was for a couple of months. Um, how heavy or not so in those when you are bleeding the bleeding part of your cycle Mm. is how is it very heavy is it very light does it change I know I know it's not always going to be the same but no well mine follows a very clear pattern so for like for example my last period that I had my most recent one a couple of weeks ago um it starts with with like a very low amount of bleed for like the first two days like um a negligible amount in the cup if you think you're a heady bleeder cups are great because you can actually yeah. track you can tell you can tell people in mills it's very yes. useful um which you sometimes need to do with your doctor um yeah. and then so that would be the first day and then second third day it's what i call jesco's hardcore days okay yeah so they are very heavy. So that would be empty. And for me, when I say heavy, I'd say, you know, I've got to empty my cup maybe in the morning at lunchtime, mid-afternoon, evening, evening, you know. Okay. Hardcore. Yeah, so every three hours-ish? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. about right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that goes heavy. for two days and that can be uncomfortable. But that's mainly because I'm aware I can physically feel the cramping. So yeah. Sometimes, okay. sometimes accompanied with shooting pains down to my knees, which is on a bad on a bad mm. period. That's quite common. Get weird. shooting pains down my legs. Yeah, yeah. Really? I didn't think it was weird. So I started, so started talking to other women, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm on to me." And no, you know, when you're like, to me. "Oh, oh, this is a weird thing. It's not just a period, normal women thing." Anyway, and then super light for like the last couple of days. Like what I would. Okay. Classy say peters out quite consistently for the next two days. Okay. okay. And then so pre-period, before you start bleeding, do you notice your mood changes? You mentioned sore breasts in your questionnaire. Is that consistently? Mm. Tell me a little bit about your mood, like any PMS things and how sore your breasts get, because that often can be a bit of a sign of mm. can, well, can indicate your progesterone levels. That's always it generally always features. But okay. Some months it, they could be really sore, like don't okay. touch, like don't touch um, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Um, so not like breastfeeding sore. Just put it into yeah, perspective different kind. for everyone. But yeah, yeah, it can it can they can be very sore. Okay. Uh, but that's not consistent that high level. But some sort of tenderness it always features. Mood wise, generally, obviously not particularly fun to be with 
<laughs> yeah. coin. It's a coin a phrase we use in our household for moody. Um, grumpy, easily irritated, definitely for the three days before. Okay. Uh, and I'm very aware that I'm grumpy, you know, and you just know you're grumpy and you're trying to keep a lid on it just for the health and well-being of the, your loved ones. Yeah. Like, like that. So um, I'm trying to think of the mood things. That's it, really. Okay. And obviously, like, well, I say obviously, super low libido for the week before. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That makes sense. Full pajamas in bed mode. Yeah. granny knickers the works well yeah if you've got sore boobs you're just, you're just like get off um that makes sense okay yeah. so sounds like there is some wonkiness going on with your sex hormones to put it to put it super medically um because that's obviously a shift if you've jeff if you've always had pretty regular like on the button periods and then in the last few years there'll be a reason for that shift also the bleeding, the length of bleeding, the pain, the PMS, all of those kind of just tell us yeah, something's a bit wonky donkey, essentially. Um, and I would suspect probably estrogen dominance and lowered progesterone. Now, the only way we're mm. going to know that for sure is if we ran like a hormone panel on you to know. Mm. And again, it's worth knowing just for people listening, like when I say we need to run tests, it's not because I think Jess has like some massive disease going on. That's not like, that's not what I mean. What, but obviously things aren't optimal. So with the testing that I run with clients, isn't looking for disease. That's what you'd go to your doctor for. And that's why it's important you go to your doctor. This is really looking at function, optimizing and how are things working? And if you know, Jess is tired, feeling rubbish, pain, bleeding for 10 days and 10 days, like <laughs> that is not optimal functioning. Yes, thankfully she doesn't have some terrible disease, but it's not how it affects your quality of life, mm. um, which is not fun. Um, okay. Well, and so, also, I mean, one of my, like, because you only let me say one of my goals, but my secondary goal to energy would be hormones as well. <clears throat> so because <clears throat> I'm in my late thirties. I am looking down the barrel of menopause and I don't want to hit that beast out of sync. Like, yes, yeah, wise. I've witnessed women in my life go through it, and it's <laughs> yes. I, don't, I just want to hit it in the best shape I actually uh, can because I don't yeah. want it to drag and I don't want it to be a pure misery. <laughs> no, that's so I wise. Mean, who and does? I, who does? No, who does? And you can't control everything, but I, I say this to clients all the time if you menopause is is all about your hormones getting out of balance that's the stage that it is if you go into that with already out of balance wonky unhealthy unoptimal hormones you are in a bit more for a shit show so mm. again you can't control anything but what you can do if you can really help to support your cycle and your hormones that when before you enter it you're you're, you're setting yourself up for a better chance of a um a more stable menopause um because you're not putting fire on fire is another way of thinking about it um, mm, cool. um so thinking about other hormones so you obviously have sex hormones but those of you listening things like insulin ghrelin leptin is also hormones you have tons of hormones in the body um they do loads of things but do you get hungry angry jess when you do you get really hungry and then annoying like what oh, yeah. hit people how often yeah. would you say you get hungry angry well, how often do I get hungry would probably be a more accurate question. 
So if I'm hungry, so I'm not thinking, it's not when I'm like, oh, I need a snack. But you know, when you're like, I need to have my lunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, my Zoom meeting has gone over by an hour and I'm now really, really, really okay, yes. hungry. Yeah. Frequently. Every time. So every time I get proper hungry, there's a potential for angry slash I will get okay. angry. Okay. And do you ever get like shaky, that kind of lightheaded if you need to eat? Not really. Okay. Not really. Uh, sometimes if I've over-exercised, mm-hmm. um, I would. Okay. But not that's not a regular occurrence. Um, and you take... Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, and you take your thyroxin daily, don't you? Yes, I do. In terms of a hormone perspective. Yeah. And uh, what's what's your dosage for that? One hundred and twenty-five mg. Okay, great. Um, okay, so energy-wise, you mentioned in the questionnaire you um, kind of get a bit of a second wind, have low energy in the afternoon. Um, so when in the day? Do you feel like you have your most energy? Mornings, hands down. Okay. Um, and then in your afternoon slump, how like how tired are you then? Is it like tired, foggy? If you didn't have life happening, you'd just like lie down. Is it like can't really function? Like how tired would you say you get? Oh, it takes a lot for me to admit I need to go and have a lie down. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> it generally is uh, like if I didn't have commitments, because often it is around that three o'clock, four o'clock window, which if you have kids is busy. Yeah. Because you're getting them from school or it's the witching hour because it's pre-dinner and they're miserable. Yeah. Yeah. But if the kids weren't around, if I could just sit down with a cup of tea and some biscuits between three and four, I absolutely would. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And just that and not do anything, maybe read a book like stationary with a beverage would be how I would put that on the scale yes play that time Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense and Um, some days it's worse some days it's worse than others it does vary a little bit um but it's always there to a certain degree okay and how much caffeine coffee would you say you'd have in a day what's your baseline like when the doctor asks you how much wine you drink and you just feel bad You know, you know the answer's too much, Kezi. You know. I know you drink coffee. I don't know exactly how much you have. Two cups a day? Just rude now. No, I generally average two to three a day. And I try to keep that. Well, I need to keep that before 4 p.m. But I keep it before two consistently. It's very unusual I'll have a caffeinated drink after two o'clock. And do you drink? Mainly because then I'm wired. Oh, yes. Wired later. Do you drink coffee on an empty stomach in the morning or not? Do you always have it not with breakfast? Not generally, no. I mean, my weekend treat is a coffee in bed. Mm-hmm. So that's probably once a week I do. Okay, um, yeah. So that would be the daily. honest answer. But it's not a, you know, no, not daily. Um, and how is your sleep? Do you get to sleep okay? Do you stay asleep? Do you wake up? Do you feel energised after you've had a sleep or not really? Yeah, I feel energized after sleep. I don't tend to wake up when I sleep, but it takes me, it it has always taken me ages to get to sleep. Uh, Well, ages takes me about an hour. Really? To get to sleep? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, always That's a long time. Always taking me ages. My son is the same. So any lesson, any wisdom 
Yeah, Anyone to look on that bat on would be really useful from a 10-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that makes sense. If you if you're kind of getting an, a second wind in the evening, you're needing a good amount of caffeine during the day. You're struggling to get to sleep. Your circadian rhythm is probably a bit off. So your circadian mm. rhythm generally being like the the rhythm and the hormonal cues that you have throughout the day. So in the morning, we should be making lots of cortisol. That's kind of what should be waking us up, getting us going, ready, boop, boop, going for the day. As the day goes on, that should taper out. But mm. as that tapers out, you should then get a rise of melatonin <coughs> going on. And that's your melatonin rises that's your, your neurotransmitter that's going to get your brain and your body like, oh, sleeping time. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that means when you go to bed, your actual sleep latency, meaning how long it takes you to get to sleep, should be like less than 15 minutes, really, ideally is what you would want. That's like I can, I, my, I track mine with my aura ring. I'm often asleep in about 10 minutes. That's magical. It is. I don't think I've, I think I think the only time I've fallen asleep within ten minutes has been when I've been heavily pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're so tired, you I could have oh, slept anywhere. Yes. That sort of pregnancy yeah. tired. <laughs> yeah. So I think probably, and that will massively be affecting your energy. Is that whole your circadian rhythm? So that's something we'll need to work on to get that just working a bit more for you, as opposed to against you, mm. um, which it can do um and from an immune perspective you do suffer with hay fever you've kind of the last few years become a bit more properly allergic to dog hair haven't you um yeah, that's disappointing and i feel like you've had a flare-up of something else am i making that up mm. well i tend allergy wise i have to be really careful with sun cream things like that because i'm really oh, yes, to skin. heat so yeah i have to be yeah very if very careful with that uh Hay fever started, I only recently started to get it, which is weird. Dogs, cats, also very recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, I've always struggled with hay fever, but you never have up until recently. Well, it's very, very mild, but it's still a new. Yeah, new thing. Do you get um, thrush or athlete's foot or ringworm or anything like that? No, not at all. Great. Never have actually, just to show off now, never had thrush. <laughs> Winner. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. Uh, just checking all the notes. Right. So that's going through some of your symptoms. And obviously a couple of other things that you mentioned are things like brain fog, which makes sense with your energy mm. levels. Um, if they're being low, also being hypothyroid. Um, obviously your thyroid massively impacts your energy production. Also, it sounds like your blood sugar is off and a bit wonky again. So that can massively impact your um, blood sugar. So now let's talk a little bit about food. So as much as you can remember, normally with clients, I get them to send me a food diary, but I didn't tell Jess to do that because I forgot. So we're just going to do what would you call in research food recall. Um, so mm. what did you eat yesterday, Jess, if you can remember? Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, so standard weekly breakfast for us. Well, because my husband makes it because he's wonderful is one slice of gluten-free toast and three poached eggs or scrambled, depending how fresh they are. Yeah. That'd be like a normal breakfast. Normal breakfast, great. And then lunch was, uh, yes, it was tin soup, but it's like chicken soup with no junk yeah. in it and some oat cakes. And then with naked bars, two naked bars of snacks during the day, 
And then dinner was chili with lots of beans and vegetables in it and rice. Meat chili as well, or just meat. beans? Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. meat in it, but then it was gulped out. Yeah, with all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And rice. And your snacks were two oat cakes, obviously some coffee. Anything else? So it would be. So we probably had. I had a bought a coffee in the morning because I was in town. Woo. Ooh. So that would have had two shots of espresso in it as standard, doesn't it? And yeah. then a naked bra as a snack. And then another naked bar in the afternoon as a snack. And that was it for snacks yesterday. Okay. That was all your snacks and food. Okay. Um, so yeah, because you generally have a gluten and dairy free diet and you've done that for a long time because you find that that's helpful and in terms of mood and energy, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is how, how often in you say in a week, so at the start, you mentioned like dairy milk and chocolate and those kind of things. How often would you say you would be eating more of your refined sugar in a week? Oh, it's a tough one. Probably. You, I'd like, to, I aim for like once or twice. Yep. But to be honest, recently, it's probably been once every other day. Yeah. So I was thinking like, so for example, on Monday, I had a bit of chocolate after, di- after dinner. And then on Sunday, I had a bit of a gluten-free cake as well which was disappointing in a total waste so I won't, be, I won't be doing that again you know when you're like oh I really want that and you eat it and you're like, like yeah just, yeah just so disappointing I know why did I bother yeah I know that is disappointing when it happens okay well what might be helpful then one of your actions might be again you don't need to be perfect at this or do this every day all the time but to keep a bit of a food diary again you don't need to be super consistent but as from a data gathering perspective also to help you see we have a lot of our own biases around what we actually are eating if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like what we tell ourselves we're eating and what we're actually eating often very different things um so keeping a bit of food diary also with how you feel like your mood your energy levels your bloating your um on a heavy period or whatever like that would be helpful and ideally even if we just get about four or five days worth including a weekend day would be really helpful um just to see any patterns and to see what kind of tweaks we want to go there because from a diet perspective like you like most clients that come to me their diet isn't terrible like mm. they're eating pretty whole foods it's not perfect but whose diet is it's like it's not like you're sitting eating kfc every day but you actually feel rubbish and your health's probably gotten worse, I would say, the last. Is that a fair assumption? Would yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would. I always correct you if I think you're wrong. That's the older system prerogative, that is, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so that, and that is, I see that all the time. People are like, I'm eating healthier than your average person at mm. the school gate, for example, yet my health is feeling like it's not getting better there's always a reason for that and that's part of what we're gonna figure out but first we need to get the data of of that in terms of what are actually you eating how hungry are you how does that correlate to how you feel because I would guess that your insulin management is probably not great because that will be massively affecting your energy your mood your insulin management really affects your hormones your estrogen and testosterone production especially so Mm. it does just have a huge impact of that and thankfully it's quite an easy tweak 
as well, if that makes sense. Once yeah. it's personalized, but once we know what works for you, then um, that is a, a great way of just really helping uh, balance your circadian rhythm and your sex hormones a bit more. So keep it a bit of a food diary. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on a spreadsheet. I just need to be able to see it. Um, right. Would be helpful. How often do you drink alcohol? That was the only other question. Like, just, oh, once a week, once a week, it's once like a, a week. couple, two, two glasses once a week, two glasses once in week. one sitting. No. And after, like after you've had that, those two glasses, do you feel it the next day? Are you more foggy, tired, or do no. you really not notice? When not really. Okay. Nope. Doesn't. Yeah, doesn't really. You don't notice any different. Okay. Right. So. What we'll do now quickly is um, we want to look at your um, Thriver test results um, and a little bit about what they tell us. Because again, that's just more data essentially. So we already know your thyroid's not great. Like that's not like, whoa, big surprise there. So there's hypothyroidism going on. You've had that for what, 12 years? Yeah, 12 years. Now. In terms yeah. of it being diagnosed, you probably had it before then, but people often don't pick up on it in women because it doesn't matter if women are tired. Who cares? Sorry, that's my own. <laughs> my own. Hey, again, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. <sighs> anyway, so that's whoa. why thyroid disease is often... Uh, it takes a long time for women to get the diagnosis and men as well, because this also yeah. affects men more, more affects women more, but it does affect men. Um, can be, take a long time to be diagnosed also because the tests that we do are not always very thorough. So we actually did a, th- a private thyroid panel. Um, again, you get your thyroid, a couple of your thyroid hormones checked at the doctors because you are hypothyroid, you have thyroxin, you know, to adjust your, um, your medication level. But I have thought for a while you might have, uh, thyroid antibodies going on yeah. because again you're taking thyroxin so in theory you shouldn't be feeling really tired but you are and I see that a lot with clients and often that can either be to do with those antibodies being created and or some of your thyroid conversion isn't optimal so like you're mm-hmm. getting extra supplemental thyroid hormones through the thyroxin but your thyroid actually then needs to convert that into let's call it the useful form of T3. And that's actually what the substance that's going to go around to your mitochondria and help with your ATP energy. Energy ATP is the biochemical, what we're talking about when we say energy. It's what our cells make that gives us energy. So it's your T3, this hormone that goes actually to your mitochondria. So you could be taking thyroxine and having a high dose of it and still feeling tired. And potentially it's because you're thyroid isn't converting that supplemental thyroxine into the bioactive let's call it useful form of t3 and that then that's what gets shuttled out you know to the rest of your body that's going to help your metabolism help with your regulation your energy all of that stuff so um, if we go through so that's kind of why the rationale for doing this panel also your thyroid health really depends on things like your B12. It depends on iron. It depends on vitamin D. It depends on selenium. There's lots of nutrients that Mm. are cofactors for all this hormonal production that happens in in your thyroid, which is a gland. So glands make hormones. You need nutrients as cofactors for 
the production of all your hormones in your body. But with Jess, we're looking specifically at thyroid because we know this thyroid disease essentially, and she feels crap. So <laughs> and they keep, keep going to the doctors and they keep testing it and they keep saying, what do they keep saying, Kez? Oh, it's all it's fine. Normal. Normal. You're, You're normal. Like like, I don't feel normal. normal. It's normal to feel like crap. No, it's not. <laughs> well, you, have, you know, you're a mom. You're a mom. So, you know, it's fine to feel crap, tired and depressed. <laughs> uh, no, thanks. <laughs> I'll just yeah, opt out of that. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Hard exactly. Hard um, exactly. Um, right. So to summarize your results, your B12 levels were super low. Not surprising because we know you're anemic, so I probably and you're tired, like I like that. I would have put money on your B12 levels being low. Also, I have a bit of the insider info here. Me and Jess, obviously, sisters. I know a little bit about my genes. I have an MTHFR mutation, which means anyway, this could get very waffly. Basically, means we I am I struggle with B vitamins, so there's a 50% chance Jess also has that. We've not tested her genetics, just to be clear because it's not the first test I recommend people invest in because it's uh, and also, actually not if that you've got If you've got a sister who's willing to experiment upon herself and it benefits yeah. you, then yeah. I'm happy to ride that wave. Thanks, yeah. Kezi. You're welcome. <laughs> so I know I am heterozygous for MTHFR, meaning I have one copy of a mutated gene that affects my methylation pathway. So what that basically means for you, Jess, is that you... Yep. Once again, in English, please. In English, that means you're you could you could be eating loads of B foods rich in B12, like meat, which you do. You don't eat loads of meat, but you do eat meat. But mm. your B12 is low, so what that tells us is a you, your body might struggle with that utilization of B12. Also, that your digestion, your chemical digestion, is I would guess is probably poor because we know you're anemic. So, and B12 is also. Re- um, is based on how well your stomach acid, uh, how well you actually break down your foods to like extract the B12. Is it? Is it not exactly mm-hmm. how it works, but it's a nice metaphor to think of it. Also why you'd feel tired, low B12, you're just going to be tired. Your mood will be affected. Your brain will be foggier. Just everything doesn't work that great. Um, so then we have, I'm not going to go through all every single part of the test results because we also go through, it breaks down your cholesterol a little bit. Your cholesterol is all within range. But what I see really commonly with clients is that people's LDL cholesterol is higher than their HDL cholesterol. Whereas really you want that ratio to be the other way around. And often mm-hmm. when that is comes up, it's just a sign. Cholesterol is actually really helpful. It's how you, it's the, how you make all your hormones. So you do need good amounts of cholesterol. Cholesterol is super important. If you have any imbalances, generally speaking, in your cholesterol, it'll probably be kind of about inflammation and your body trying to protect itself. And especially if you have high cholesterol, which, which you don't, Jess, but um, in general, for those listening, if your cholesterol is high, it'll be because your body is making extra cholesterol. It's not because you're eating too much cholesterol. 75% of the cholesterol you, you have in your body is what your body makes so if it's out of balance for whatever reason, it'll be as a result of trying to fix some sort of inflammation, generally speaking. So um, your ferritin level, which is your stored iron levels, is within range, but on the lower side. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, then when we look at your thyroid, your you do have one of your, your thyroid peroxidase antibodies, 
or your APO antibodies is higher than reference range. So there is that um, autoimmune kind of uh, component going on. Now, it's mm. worth knowing if like, because you've had the thyroid issues for a while and your doctor's never tested antibodies because in conventional medicine, it kind of doesn't seem important because if you did have antibodies, the, the, the idea is, well, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. So... Like yeah. whatever, we know you have, you know, you're hypothyroid, you're on medication, whatever. From my perspective, from a holistic or a functional medicine perspective, this is actually really useful information because it tells us there's auto, there's autoimmunity going on. So this, like your immune system is making antibodies to attack a part of your body when it doesn't need to. So you need to ask, why is that? What is getting the wrong message? It's like over-enthusiastic. It's like your immune system is like, oh, trying to be helpful, really, really helpful, really, really helpful, but actually it's damaging potentially your thyroid, which could be why be your TSH levels and those things are normal, but you're feeling tired, even with thyroxine, is because you've actually, you're, you're kind of, there's another level of you like attacking your thyroid. Yeah, which no, that makes sense never going to be awesome and i've actually heard Um, gp say that to me as well like oh no i'm not going to test that there's no point yeah and that is they often don't test it and it only gets picked up when uh it's gotten so bad it's actually damaged people's thyroid and therefore then it does you see it in the tsh results and those kind of things so which i can understand it in a conventional medicine framework that makes sense Mm. so i use a different framework so to me it doesn't make sense yeah um Uh, so that is interesting. So we know actually then there's probably bigger work to be done, unfortunately, because it means there's autoimmunity happening, which uh, always makes me think gut supporting your immune system, Mm -hmm. detoxing, um, all of that sort of stuff, as opposed to, ah, your thyroid's just a little bit wonky, but it's only fine. This is like, yep, your thyroid's wonky and your immune system's gotten really confused and is a bit overactive. And unfortunately with women, you're, if you have one autoimmune thing, you're way more likely to collect, air quotes, more autoimmune conditions, yeah, which is just, not, we just don't want. That's not a club I want to join. No, no one wants that. No one wants that club. Oh, that's really a hard common. pass. Exactly. exactly. But it's common. People will have uh, hypothyroid and then they might have Raynaud's and then they might get celiacs and then they might get eczema or psoriasis and then they might get it kind of can cascade like that so um so those would be the main there's a couple of your vitamin d levels were looking good in your results which is good um and there was no other massive things to note on so what we really want to look at now is what would be the main actions to take between now and when we next record like have our session slash record this podcast i'll go away and do a bit of thinking and um kind of planning around stuff um so oh sorry my zoom has just got a bit weird um but what we want to look at really is um hold on i'm going to take off my speakers because i've been funny i'm just going to edit that bit um <laughs> just help me to know whatever but I'm doing it uh so what we want to look at is what essentially to do about this so I'm going to go away and have a think but it looks like there's definitely some blood sugar issues happening mm. we know there's a bit of autoimmunity going on which makes me think gut even though you actually don't have massive gut like you don't have digest lots of digestive problems at all 
Um, no. Always want to look at um, gut health with autoimmunity or just making sure that's as, as resilient as it can be. And I would suspect with your hormones, we don't actually know and we might need to run some tests or we can always chat about that in terms of what's realistic. Um, but I would suspect your progesterone is probably quite low. Your cortisol is either was once high and is now flatlined or is you're just your mm. rhythm, your circadian rhythm is off. And potentially with that heaviness of period, that makes me think estrogen dominance. So there's a couple okay. of things we want to do to help with that. So the first thing is looking at balancing your blood sugar a bit more. So in terms of what you're eating, your breakfast is great. Toast and eggs. Awesome. That's a good one. Um, you probably, Ooh. I would say with your lunch, you want to beef that out a bit more, like not actually with beef, although you could do, but add in some more, um, probably protein to that okay. if you can. So if you're having like soup and oat cakes, think soup, ham and oat cakes, or I was going to say soup, smoked salmon and oat cakes, but you hate fish. So that's not going to happen. Smoked um, salmon is like my worst. Yeah. It's just... But this is why knowing your little boy is so great because he will eat that till the cows come home so oh, he, he loves just, it he loves it so like, he can he mine he eats handfuls of the stuff <laughs> expensive habits um so thinking about some kind of extra sort of protein and then with your afternoon okay. snack so if you get tiredest between three and four i mm-hmm. actually probably want you to be eating a snack at actually more like half two three so like before you slump yeah, got you. Mm-hmm. Before you slump, and probably beef that snack up a little bit more. Like, so say you have a naked bar with um, some carrots and peanut butter, or you would have like an aim for more fat, proteiny mm-hmm. vibe as opposed to like toast. Um, so think about um, a naked bar with a bun- with a handful of cashews. Or, like, just trying to beef that out a little bit more. Okay. Um, so just like again, because your diet's pretty good, just like tweaks. And that's probably what we we will do along those lines. The Great. other thing you could experiment with is seeing if you feel better not having toast with your eggs in the morning. And like experiment with that. Yeah. Some people do much better from a blood sugar regulation with less carbs in the morning and just like pure fat protein. Other people, like myself, actually do much better with carbs, fat, protein in the morning. Mm-hmm. So again total experiment there's not a right answer there it's not that you shouldn't have carbs in the morning no nonsense like that it really is about you could try it for a couple of days and you might be like i feel better i feel less snacky i feel whatever or you might try and be like i actually felt more hungry or i felt like my Mm. energy dipped you know really really is a true experiment there okay yeah i can do that um then i think we should and you probably will hate me for this but let's think about <laughs> coffee now i'm a oh, fan of coffee wordly. it's kezzy 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 <laughs> yeah i know okay hit me with it come on now i'm well, ready again i'm just wondering i think it would be good to experiment with because mm. i'm not a fan of you taking action like the only reason we would want to take any action or for you to have all the faff of change is so that you actually feel better so yeah. again if this doesn't help make you feel better then we can revert back to your current habits but I suspect potentially that if what I would love is to try an experiment of like one coffee a day after your breakfast Mm -hmm. and then either 
switch you could I mean you don't like green tea but you could switch to green tea in the afternoon or well, whatever <laughs> if you want to but just try the herbal teas with, are available thank goodness yes yeah just trying to go for like one caffeinated coffee a day you could always then try and switch to a decaf in the afternoon if you want to like and still have that ritual there but I suspect that you, in terms of helping your circadian rhythm and your energy that much coffee coffee often does disrupt your blood sugar balance as well mm. so your insulin management having a lot of caffeine can make your insulin just be more irregular or drop or all over the place so eating first like with your eggs and toast or just eggs then having a coffee and mm. then just having that before and then like having that in the morning and then nothing else the rest of the day I think potentially could help with your energy levels and also your circadian rhythm at night like because we want to get you because if you take if you're taking an hour to sleep at night I'm guessing your melatonin levels pretend again this is all guesswork so you've not run a lab on it but I'm mm. guessing your melatonin levels probably aren't awesome and even though you sleep through the night I'd probably put money on that your sleep quality is not that awesome and that could be because your melatonin levels aren't maybe sufficient because you've your your circadian rhythm is off because your cortisol levels are higher your blood sugar yeah. is out of balance so with all my clients you it's just a no-brainer of course we want to you you are going to sleep every night everyone's doing that so you may as well make that the best quality damn sleep you can get so it works really hard for you as opposed to like well I'm asleep because I should be so mm. and if you're tired then obviously it makes sense. There's obviously room for improvement in your sleep. Yeah, yeah. If that, like it's, I mean, it's obvious when you say it out loud. And, a, and actually, a super light sleeper as well, so that also makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and that so. probably tells us that you're not getting into those depths of sleep, and that will really mm. be impacting. So probably longer term, we want to look at how do we improve your sleep quality because the more deep sleep and the more REM sleep you're going to get, just. And that's when everything heals, recovers, repairs. That's like, like scientists don't even fully understand what fully happens in REM sleep because we basically <laughs> go into like a coma, like a self-induced coma. It's mad. So weird. That's so, so weird. Mad. So it's brilliant. But if you're not getting that, then like your brain washes itself while you sleep. Like all, like all of that stuff happens. So coffee keeping that to one in the morning and again, experimenting with it. Cause your brain will be like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. is terrible. Cause it's awful. <laughs> so just tell your brain, like, this is an experiment. Mm -hmm. If it makes no difference, then you can just go back to having three coffees a day. It's totally fine. This is just a temporary experiment. And if you feel better doing it, that will be like, it'll take the motivation part. will just take care of itself. Cause you'll feel better. So you'll be like, Oh, why would I want to feel like crap again? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> That's um, generally a good motivator, isn't it? It's it like, is. Oh, I feel so much better. I yeah. kind of stopped eating wheat altogether. My brain was like, what are you doing to me? Yeah. Oh, I feel so much better now. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, so much I'm better. Even. I mean, and I love bread. I, I still yeah. love bread. Um, bread's one of my favorites, but uh, yeah. you know I mean? it's easier when it's... your brain prefers it. Yes. And when you feel the difference. Mm -hmm. Um. So... The next thing is, um, I want you to keep taking vitamin C long-term. I, I, cause I know you, I know you've had a cold and I told you to get vitamin C. So I know you have it. So keep uh, taking vitamin excuse C. Excuse me, cold is far too polite. I told you off. <laughs> I was annoyed. Yeah. I was yeah. like, Jess, come yeah. on now. You've had a cold I mean, for like three weeks. It wasn't unwarranted. 
yeah, totally warranted. Um, it was so, good advice, and I'd ignored it, it so it's fine. good advice. But yep. I will continue with that. Certainly, yes. Continue with that. I would take about three of those a day. Um, and for those of you listening, vitamin C is really helpful for progesterone production. Obviously, from an immune perspective, we all know it's good for that. It's also really important for glutathione production, which is a master detoxer in the body, which is really important for that. Things like collagen production. It's just mm. it's just a win-win. You can't overdose on it. It's pretty cheap. It's a great one to take, especially if we suspect with your progesterone's a bit low. Keep yeah. taking your vitamin C um, with that. Um, and then sleep. That was the other thing. Um, how do you feel about blue light blocking glasses, Jess? Well, they're ever such a fashion statement, Kezi. Yeah. I do work. I have been thinking a while of getting some, despite yeah. the fashion. Did you work at a computer, generally I work speaking? At, yeah, I work. You probably watch me. TV and you have a mm-hmm. big ass TV in your house. So that's a lot of blue light. Like if you're, wa- I'm just like if you're watching a film, and then you're yeah. going straight to bed, like you, it's just. It's blue light tells your brain, be awake, be awake, daytime, daytime. If you're doing mm. that, you're watching a Marvel film, it finishes at 10 o'clock. You've just had two hours of your brain being told, don't make melatonin, don't make melatonin, don't make melatonin. Mm. And then you go and lie in bed. No, like you're just not going to get good quality sleep. So really important. Ideally, in an ideal world, we just wouldn't be in front of screens after seven o'clock but I'm in front of a screen I like to watch tv I like to watch Bake Off I have a kindle all those things are screen so that's where blue light blocking glasses they're not very attractive but they can I from tracking my sleep they improve my quality of sleep so I would ideally be off screens if you can Mm -hmm. but if you are going to be in front of a screen get some really good unattractive blue light blocking glasses now would you wear them so for example I like most people I do communications, I do video editing. So I stare quite intensely at my screen, particularly when I'm video yeah. editing for hours on end. So would you wear them all day at work in an ideal world? No, if you want ones for like, you can do daytime glasses. You'd want two pairs essentially for that. Okay. So you'd want a daytime one um, for work. Like you can always get like computer glasses, like that help. Okay. And also on your computer, I use an app called Iris, which you do have to pay for, but it's not very expensive that you can use on your computer that filters, that makes the light on your computer a bit healthier for your eyes and for mm-hmm. your brain. Um, so you can do that. It's called, I think it's just called Iris software, whatever you can Google that. And um, that can be quite helpful, but you'd want two pairs because in the evening, when the sun goes down, you basically want to be filtering out blue light. But during the daytime, you don't want all the blue light. You don't want to filter out all the blue light essentially because yeah, you need to be awake. Yeah, you do need the bounce. Like, yeah. yeah, you do want that. But in the evening, you do really want to filter out that blue light as much as possible. And that will massively improve your quality of sleep and probably your ability over time. It's not a quick hmm. win, but over time to get to sleep a little bit um, quicker, I would say. Right. Um, do you have any magnesium in the house also? I'm just thinking, well, if you have it in the house. Yeah, I've got some in the bathroom as like good quality organic bath salts salts yeah i would definitely say you want to be trying to have an epsom salt bath a couple of times a week okay i'd say two for at least 20 minutes okay and see let me know do it in an evening see if you feel like you fall asleep quicker when you do that and if you do then we might need to add in some magnesium supplements okay that's a good experiment 
So we talked about protein in the mm-hmm. morning. Oh no, we talked about coffee. That was the first thing. We're just in that to one a day experiment. Talked about adding in more protein at lunch mm-hmm. and beefing out your snack, like and having your snack before your slump. I mean, anybody who's telling me to eat more food, I'm very 100% behind. I mean, I t- most of the time I tell people to eat more food. Yeah. Tell myself it. to eat more food. Um, <laughs> vitamin C. Yeah. Keep going with that consistently. Blocking out blue light in the evening. Mm-hmm. So that, and for you, probably the easiest blue light blocking glasses. Yeah. Um, or just not being in front of a screen, whichever is going to be more realistic. Um, and then some Epsom salt baths and seeing if that helps you get to sleep quicker if it does then we can move on to some other magnesium support i reckon you probably do need some magnesium but let's see your... how does that all sound realistic too much stressful that sounds okay particularly because some of it like i've already got vitamin c in the house i've already taken it so i can continue with that like yeah. i've already like I probably what I'll struggle with the most is probably lunches when I'm at work, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I've fallen into a bad habit of leaving doing everybody else's fat lunch and then doing mine absolute last. But you'll be shocked. You'll be so surprised that I do that. It's not in personality at all. I was gonna say that would be a great optional thing to do, make your pack lunch first uh, as a nice symbol that actually your health and you, you're allowed to come first. There we go. So that could be my action. So I'll start doing that. Um, Yeah, so I think that's okay. I mean, it is a lot. Like, you've gone into so much detail there. Um, So it is a lot. So I am a little bit like, oh. Okay. Well, in that case, when I'll put, I'll put it, I'll send you this in like like a written form and I'll put it in order of priority. So that would be helpful. That'd be great. So if you just, uh, so... I would probably some the, say some of the action points are fine. I think just more it's the overall like everything, like there's so much information. But I think some of the action points like I can easily do. They're not they're not that hard. To I'd do. say the main thing that you're gonna get the quickest ROI on would be coffee, mm-hmm. protein at lunch, vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could be my top three. Yeah. I think those are your top three. Um, great. and then when we next speak we will kind of go into a bit more detail and I'll chat about a bit of a longer term uh, kind of plan. And some of that might depend on if you do any more tests or not. And we'll chat about that and all that sort of stuff. So hmm. thanks, Jess. Ah, thanks, Kez. You're very good at this. I mean, I'm not surprised. I used to work with you, so I know how good you are. Oh, thanks. Um, and for those of you listening, we will have some more episodes. This is kind of like session one and we'll uh in a couple probably in about four weeks time we will do the next one which will work well so thank you all for joining us and we will speak soon bye bye thank you for listening to today's episode i'm so glad that you are here and if you're looking for more in-depth personalized support then remember i'm currently taking on new clients so we could get started working together super soon So head to keziahall.com forward slash book to book in your call with me and we'll just chat it through what it looks like, what it would look like for you and answer all of your questions and you can decide if it's a good fit. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book, book in your call with me and we can chat super soon on Zoom, which would be really fun. It would be like a podcast, but where you can reply. (laughs)
<laughs> which is always fun. So I would love to chat with you. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book and we can just chat it through. This is a really chilled, informal chat. No pressure, no weird, weird sales techniques, just a chat on Zoom and feel free to bring a cup of tea. Okay. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye.